Welcome to season two of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie L. Lees, leadership and relationship coach by day, comedian by, and writer by night. I'm on a mission to host 100 million witty and wise conversations that disrupt the way leaders think and the way the world communicates. No more welcome to my TED Talks and Dear Abby Advice Friends. It's time to start having powerful conversations and exchange of ideas without being attached to an outcome. These are the components of a witty and wise conversation. We have the power to transform the way we live and lead in a profound way. Our rules for the conversation today are inspired by the Coactive Training Institute and create space for powerful connection and authenticity. Rule number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Rule number two, nobody gets to be right. Rule number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And rule number four, my favorite, everything is included, so we don't have to worry if a cell phone rings. Um, ever, we do not edit here. This conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen here. You will be heard. There is space for you. Conversation is meant to be a dance, an ebb and flow, a back and forth exchange of energies, thoughts, and emotions. The wit we bring to this conversation releases an endorphin known as the painkiller. You actually feel better when you laugh. And the wisdom we bring to this conversation will be a ton today because this is a co-active leadership conversation with two co-active coaches. Whatever negative knowledge that you take and then use in your own life will certainly have an impact on everyone else around you. When this conversation comes to a close, I will ask you, our listeners, and our guests three questions. If you've tuned in before, you know what they are. If you haven't, you don't want to miss them. Before we stop talking about me and start talking about this amazing woman, don't forget to head over to owlprofessionalcoaching.com to learn more about having your own witty and wise conversation with me, or follow me on Instagram at owlprofessionalcoaching or Outstanding Women Leaders. You can also write us a little review if you like the show today. You can go to Apple Podcasts. You can also go to Podbean and YouTube. I love that I call this a show, like somehow I have my own talk show. Enough about me. Welcome, Karen Collins. I'm so excited. You are my first co-active guest on the podcast. And I've met so many amazing uh, women and men who give a hoot in these classes. Um, Karen is an executive and career coach trained by the Coactive Training Institute. She's also a mom, wife, sister, daughter, and a serial nonprofit board member. And I wish I knew her when I had a nonprofit. I certainly would have brought her onto my board. Her desire is to help you as an emerging or established leader identify and lead from your core values, define and reach your professional goals, and discover and pursue your most authentic and fulfilled career. Her approach involves focusing on the three C's, clarity, courage, and confidence. As your career coach, she offers you authentic, focused, and intentional guidance that empowers bold decisions in achieving your professional goals. I've had the pleasure of being coached by you, I think. I had to have at some point. <laughs> yes, I have. It just came back to me now. Um, and you're incredible. We exchange contact information. I'm now in a pod with you and the positive intelligence coaches training with Shrizaj Sharmin with um, the book Positive Intelligence and just super excited to have you. So welcome. Thank you. I am so excited to be here and Katie, goodness, we, yeah, I think we took three, maybe even four of our classes together and just 
witnessing one another and being bold to, to go after our own dreams and to get the training that we want to be able to live on purpose. And I am very excited to be an owl, to officially be an owl. Yes. I love that. You know, I launched this in January and my first co-active class in February was in person. And I was telling everybody I had a business, Outstanding Women Leaders. <laughs> and I really didn't know where that journey was going to take me. And it's, I love that because of COVID, uh, one of the gifts that COVID's given us is virtual learning because uh, I would not have met you otherwise. And you're in Denver which is where Kristen Aguirre from the season one is, was from. And I need to come and meet all these people that have already been on the podcast. So Denver, you have a home here and we need to host workshops together when it's safe. Absolutely. And I love that, you know, you, you started Outstanding Women Leaders in January and you didn't know where the journey was going to take you. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things that, that we all need to learn is that, is that there isn't always a destination. And if we do have a destination, oftentimes it changes, right? And so that journey and that, that experience as we're navigating the world and, and letting it evolve and come to us um, is, is beautiful as opposed to us, you know, pickaxing our way and making our own path that may not actually be the one that, that would give us the most, uh, the most empowerment to be our true selves. Mm, empowerment. And so your journey is Empower Lead. Um, and that is the name of her business, and she is empowering leaders around the world. Uh, share with us how you got into coaching. My favorite part of coaches is to hear their stories and their expertise. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so I got into coaching um, because I, I spent... Um, gosh, nearly two decades in the consulting industry. And the latter part of my career, I was helping executives um, really understand and roll out strategic initiatives, organizational changes, technology changes. Um, and, and when I started, I loved what I was doing. I loved being at the board table with these large nonprofits, whether it was in the higher education space, the social services space. Um, I was there and I was making powerful um, decisions with people. And I was the youngest person on the executive team of the consulting firm that I worked for. And all my boxes were checked. And I was miserable. And I, I could not figure out why. And so I started to coach on the side because I started to realize that um, one of the things that really lit me up was, was leading a team and helping people really navigate their careers and what they wanted. And I started to realize that that was, that was creeping into the conversations that I was having in the boardroom, right? I was taking clients to dinner and I was more interested in, you know, who they were as people and what they were wanting to evolve into than I was about continuing the conversation about, you know, meeting the mission, even if that was important and interesting as well. And so I started to coach on the side and my first coaching client actually came to me via a wedding. So I went to a wedding. I was um, on the arm of my husband at the wedding. So it was all of his friends. So I struck up a conversation uh, with the bride's uh, grad school group of girlfriends. And it was fun. It was enlightening. You know, I got to just experience them and meet four or five different women. And at the end of the weekend, one of the women said, hey, do you mind if I connect with you on LinkedIn? I was like, I would love that. And about a month later, she messaged me and asked if I would be her mentor. 
And at the time I had hired an executive coach for myself and my executive coach told me, she was like, Karen, and she was a co-active coach, by the way. She said, Karen, if you don't see the universe handing this person to you so that you can expand your coaching network and expand your opportunities, she was like, I don't think I can help you anymore. And it was the love that I needed. It was the tough love that I needed. And so I asked this woman, would you mind, um, would you rather me coach you than mentor you? And she said, yes, and I have a friend that would love it too. And that is how Empower Lead started. Hmm. I love that. I found the same thing when I had the gym that where my fulfillment came from was not teaching people how to exercise or how to eat. It was the individual conversations where I got to know them and I was curious and I wanted to know more. Uh, my curiosity when I owned the gym led me to a church and a faith and, um, and a whole new perspective on life because I was curious why my members went to this church or why they got together and what they talked about at Bible study. And that curiosity that was quieted uh, as a kid and is not always appreciated in a boardroom uh, is definitely appreciated one-on-one. It's an opportunity to witness people, as you know, and that's why I am so passionate about finally saying, okay, you know, I've been on this journey of, well, I got divorced I can't, and I had worked with a coach. So you had a coach and you realize your gifts. And um, I realized I needed to heal from divorce. I needed a therapist. And I had this whole imposter syndrome of, am I able to do this? And so for a little over four years later, I signed up for, I launched a business and said, I am doing this. I'm going to get my certification. I'm going to find that. I decided I was, you know, and as soon as I did, the universe just aligned all these amazing stars. Um, and so I know you do, you hear this a lot and you coach with this imposter syndrome and have you ever felt imposter syndrome and how do you coach yourself out of that? Absolutely. I think imposter syndrome is one of those things that we think um, when we, we internalize it, we think that it's only us and that we're the only ones that feel that way. When in reality, um, I think we all suffer from it. We all think that um, we're not good enough. We're not ready. You know, we'll be ready when and that we have to have this checklist of items accomplished before we can go out and tackle the, the bigger dream. And it's something that that is is stifling, quite frankly, right? And when we recognize like, wait a second, all of us have this, you know, even the most successful and powerful people, and this is what we're talking about in positive intelligence right now, is that all of us have that, you know, and when we, when we recognize it and we say, okay, I see it. Yes, this is scary. Yes, this may not work out. I recognize that and I'm going to try anyway. Because there's something inside me, in my heart, in my gut, that's telling me that you can do it. You can do it, right? And so trying to treat imposter syndrome like a blinking yellow light as opposed to a stop sign so that we can continue to, to use our courage until confidence shows up, right? And that's something that I learned from Debbie Millman, um, who she was interviewed by Tim Ferriss on his podcast show, um, is that when there's not confidence, use courage and use courage until confidence shows up. Um, and that's something that I, I really train and coach people through when they are trying to, to tackle imposter syndrome. Mm, I love that. So when I think about my own imposter syndrome, it's funny, I did not suffer from it. 
for a really long time. Um, I had way more courage than I did confidence. And so I guess in that way, it would be some like self-doubt, but I just did. And what happens when you have success is it's a, it's not the best teacher. Um, <laughs> and, fa- and so it's funny when I think back to what I, what my thoughts were in February, what my thoughts were on building a business in April what my thoughts were in building a business in June and what my thoughts are currently right now. They're so different because I had all this knowledge and I was like, okay, well you got to learn. And so I started putting myself out there and looking what everyone else is doing, which in my opinion is where the heart of imposter syndrome comes from. When I started my gym, I didn't do that. Partly there was no one else doing this. No one else had a CrossFit gym where I wanted to open it. And when I did look, I was looking for market research at what a gym that I would join looked like. And then, you know, you borrow some some ideas there. Like, oh, I like that this is on there. Ooh, athlete of the month. Like, that's a great idea, you know? Um, My imposter syndrome happened when I entered the coaching space the second time around this year. Because the pandemic hit. And so I was really confident in how you build a business when it's not a pandemic. Sure. It's uncharted territory now. Yeah. Yeah. And and the gift of that going through this imposter syndrome in this time, because we are taught in positive intelligence to look at everything as a gift is I really can relate now in that way where before I'm like, feel fear, do it anyway. Like, you know, I'm a little bit out here. Right. Um, you, you learn a lot in that journey. And I think that's, um, that's the fun part of the imposter syndrome if you're to dance with him and, and, and call it a fun dance is that you get to learn all of those areas and aspects. And it sounds like what, you know, before the pandemic hit, you were looking at other people's successes and congratulating them and using them as opposed to once the pandemic hit, you saw other people's successes as, um, as fear that, okay, well, they've got it figured out, but I don't. Yeah. And also a little bit of like, well, that's how I have to do it now. So what I was looking, it wasn't even the imposter. Like sometimes it was judgment and sometimes it was, it was judgment of circumstances. Uh, she knows how to build a business online. I know how to build a business with humans. And, but the reality is that if you're a coach, you're in the business of building connections with humans, you know? Right. Um, and, and that, for me, that was the imposter syndrome. It was like, well, would, would somebody want, is the service I have to offer, right. right? Something that people want. Right. And what have you found out so far? <laughs> I love coaches and their questions. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. It's incredibly valuable. I just got to talk to actually my aunt, which was why I was slightly late on this. And Uh, We were going through her discovery form. We have a discovery form people fill out in coaching um, from June because she had to cancel that call. She ended up going to Florida. And so we were, I was just reading through things she had on there. And at the end, we talked about all the accomplishments that she had and how some of the things she was tolerating, she's not tolerating anymore. We had one phone call. And, um, And what she said at the end of it was, you know, I didn't feel this way when we started the call. I felt overwhelmed and I felt like I wasn't accomplishing much. And 
just being able to witness people on their and and to give them that gift is how you know as a coach that you need to provide this service for everyone because how often do people witness you when you're not a kid? Like if someone was excited about me going to the bathroom this morning <laughs> and gave me an M&M for it, you know, I really feel good. And I'd start to notice all the other cool things I do, like put my own shoes on and, and tie them myself and dress myself, which not all adults have that ability because that can be taken away if something happens. Uh, yeah. So it, it's a nice reminder of, uh, of that. So yeah, pan pandemic, um, made me feel like an imposter because if you know me, like my superpower is out there. <laughs> my superpower is not behind a screen coming up with the right words to make you click on something so that you will then want to know what else I have to say. And I think too that another superpower of yours, Katie, is, is boldly witnessing people. You, you are willing to, to consume whatever it is that's coming up, right? And, and that can be difficult when we don't get to do it via a hug and we don't get to do it and while we're sitting right next to one another and, and get to celebrate by cheersing, right? Those are really hard to do virtually. Um, but your superpower is, is in how you consume others and their emotions and their ideas and celebrating those. And it's different. It's absolutely different on the, on the phone or via Zoom, right? Um, but it's felt on the other end. And I know that from you, Katie, because I've felt it on the other end. You, um, so, and yeah. you were great at witnessing as well, hence your Empower Lead. I have always felt so empowered every time I talk to you. Uh, and one of the things that I'm going to suggest sets us apart and makes us so empowering in our, in our ability to witness is our ability to do the work ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we're both in a pod for positive intelligence and uh, we're both seeking certification as coaches as well, uh, which is we both are humble enough to know is not just a formality, but also wise enough to know that we are great coaches now. We're going to be amazing as we continue. Um, what's your, tell me about the work in positive intelligence and how that has affected imposter syndrome and all of your coaching. Absolutely. So I think the biggest thing that positive intelligence has um, helped me with is, is that recognition of our saboteurs, right? And for those that don't know what that is, those are those inner critics that are telling us those, um, those mean truths or what we see as truths about ourselves, things that we shouldn't do, things that we can't do, things that we're not able to do, when in reality, those are the, the saboteurs that are attacking our true self, and they're really loud. They are so loud in our ears, especially when imposter syndrome is, is in, at the forefront of our minds. And I think positive intelligence has really taught me how to quiet those and how to acknowledge them and then let myself hear exactly what my inner beauty, my inner truth, my inner being, we can call it our sage, we can call it our inner leader, but that true self that we were born with, what is she saying to me? You know, when my, I, we've talked about what our, our critics are, and I have a big pleaser critic that I want to please everybody, even at the detriment to myself. And I also have a restless one who tells me that whatever I'm doing right now is not as important as something else that I should be doing. Whether that's sitting and coloring with my children or whether that's 
hosting a podcast or whether it's, um, you know, writing in my journal, I have this tendency to tell myself, you should be doing something more important. There's something more worthy of your time right now. Right. And what positive intelligence is teaching me is how to, to quiet that, to, to acknowledge it, like I said, and then how to move from it and to, to grow from it. Um, so that I can, I can really actually be the person that I desire to be, not the person that I hear in my head over and over again, telling me what I'm supposed to do. Mm, I love that. And we are, we are not in the part in our coaching training where we go over, we think week seven is where we learn how to apply this to our clients. Um, so I won't ask you those questions yet. I am going to, so I logged on to his Q and a call that he does once a week today. And I have a question for you that I wanted to ask about it. Just do, um, yeah, um, but I just lost it. So let me look at it, what it was. But he talked about powers that, so our saboteurs are blocking access to some of those sage brain powers. Um, and the, one of the things he talked about was, for example, if you're a hyper-rational, your brains, your saboteur will block your ability to empathize. Um, which I was like, that's interesting because that's what's wrong with hyper-rationals is they have no feelings. <laughs> totally makes sense. Um, cause they were talking about discernment. Like how do you, how does a hyper-rational know if they're being discerning or if they're being judgmental? Sure. And, and I have played with that as well. And what he brought up today that opened my eyes, uh, was when someone else's saboteurs are in the room, yours are there too. Like they they kind of feed each other and they coexist. And um, what really, he's like, it's hard enough for you. Cause everyone's like, well, how do I control them? Like, how do you fix the other person? And I think this is where coaches and I, and how we approach things is so different. So I'd love to know your thoughts. Cause I certainly initially doing this work wrestled with that. I'm like, I'm just going to, well, Dan needs to do this. And like, all of a sudden I was doing everything that I learned not to do in my first marriage, which is coach your husband. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do that. Um, no, because then you're, right. Well, cause you're judging them. And what we're doing is we're learning not to judge. And so, uh, it was interesting to hear someone, you know, you bring that up is I'm getting triggered. You know, this person at work, this toxic person, um, what's happening is you, yes, you have to fight yourself to quiet your own saboteur. Um, but it, he didn't have an answer on how you control someone else's saboteur. So I'm curious, like, what's that been like for you and your work uh, with the, the positive intelligence? And in terms of controlling my own saboteurs, because they're there when I'm talking with my clients is, um, that constant recognition that I'm not there to solve problems. I'm there to witness others in believing that they are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole, and that the answers are within them. And that my goal, my role in our relationship is to support that and to, to help them. Because if I tell the answers, then that's not going to resonate nearly as much as if somebody comes up with that and recognizes that they have those powers within, especially because in a coaching relationship, there's a start and an end right? And at the end, what I want them to know is to be confident that they have those answers within them. And so when I start to feel that like, well, you should just do this, right? I feel that, that edge of like, well, I know the answer. So I just want to tell it to them so we can get there faster. My, my 
what I try to do is get into curiosity, right? And to, to ask powerful questions, right? Or to, to use third level listening, which is that understanding not just the words that are happening and the body language that's happening, but what's happening around us. You know, what is my intuition saying um, to get curious and to maybe boldly challenge them with a question or to acknowledge them with the things that they feel that they're not doing, you know, and, and getting curious about that. And that I'm not there to solve problems. I'm there to witness others in solving their own. And so that's how I can control my own. In controlling theirs, the thing that's really fun to do is when I start to hear people get into a negativity track, right? Maybe their judge is, is coming up or they start to get into the controller, right? I just need to do all of this and then it'll happen. I ask them if they can switch it instead of say, I need to do this or I want to do this is my judge or my critic tells me that I need to do that. And when you separate yourself from the, the saboteur, then you can start to decide, is that truly me that's saying it? Or is that the saboteur that's saying it? And then how do we want to proceed from there? So that's yeah. been really I love the separation. Um, I'm, I'm playing like the yes and game. I feel like we're go back to it. Like, yes, and. Like, I yes. love the separation. Um, and what I love about it from a comedic standpoint in my comedy is that it allows you to laugh when you separate um, because it's not you that is judgmental. It's not you that is a stickler and an avoider and a people pleaser and, you know, a toxic person at work. That's not who you are. And it's really funny to be able to pull yourself, you know, into this place where you can talk about it in a third person and give it a name. And um, I find metaphors are just fun to play with in general. And, and it's, it's always fun to see a client go from awareness, so there's this sadness, <laughs> right? This awareness of like, I am an asshole. Um, and shoot, this is bad to pulling themselves into laughing about, you know, the, um, because you're able to see the gift. And yeah. I think that's another piece that coaches, um, your, my experience when you were coaching me is the gift of clarity. You talked about your three C's. Um, what's, tell me a little bit about the gift of clarity that you see for their, your clients. Uh, is they stumble through and find their own judgments and reframing. Right. Well, and with clarity, it's really, you know, helping people live in accordance to their personal values. Right. And a lot of times when I first start with clients, I'm, I will ask them, Katie, who are you? And they'll say, oh, well, I'm a gym owner. Um, I might be a wife. I'm a, I'm an executive at this organization. You know, I'm a volunteer. And I'm like, okay, great. All of that is what you do. You know, that's what you do, or that's what you have, right? You have a couple of kids or you have a dog, you know, what, who are you? What is your being? Right. And, and this, this recognition that there's kind of three parts that we get to explore. It's the being, the doing, and the having, and we're going to do it in that order, right? Because if we don't understand who we are, then we can't make sure that our doing and our having is on purpose. Right. And so we get to just start to explore that. And the, the, the exercise of values mapping to determine what are those values that I want to live into every single day you know, if we can't name them off, then we can't live into them. And it's the same thing in corporations, right? And companies. 
is that if you say, what do you value as a company? If you aren't living and breathing those and you aren't making those crystal clear to your employees, then how can you expect them to live with the clarity of, of what you want them to, to do for you? Yeah. Right? So it goes from the individual all the way up. Um, so that's my favorite thing with clarity is, is clarifying who you are so that what you do and what you have are all in alignment. Yeah. And I know we both had our own journeys of clarifying for us, like what our values are. And um, for me, the clarity work that I did around defining what does it mean for me to value humility? Um, it's a word, like words have connotations. They have different meanings for people. For me, it was really defining what does that mean when I say I value creativity or value flexibility. And um, I, Yes, and again, I have this image of like, we talk people like you are a corporation of you, right? You are the CEO, this is your company. Um, would you buy your product? Like what that way, right? when we talk about, I love that you talked about the value seeking, like you have to be and then do and then have, when you're building a coaching business or any business, the business of you, you have to be first. And you right. need to know what full expression of that looks like right. so that you can not avoid the things and see the things that are not full expression. So it doesn't become imposter syndrome. It becomes, that's out of alignment with my values. That's why I'm not doing it. I yeah. find now when I am stuck about something, whether it's writing or do I ask this person or what's my next move, I've been doing more meditation we'll talk about it in our pod today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the meditation journey oh, I've been doing. Um, I'm going to I'm a host a workshop as well. And I think it might have to turn into a webinar so more people can come, but, um, it's amazing what happens as I meditate is all these ideas are flowing and I have to like put them on lily pads, but I, I have two lily pads. Now I have one that is judgment and one that is a great idea. And you should float that back here after this when I turn on. <laughs> Uh, so that I can get back in the moment of focusing. And what I find is that I was holding back sending an email, not because I felt like an imposter, but because the words weren't me. The words were my saboteurs. Yeah. And I'm in tune enough to know that something's off, but I didn't know what was off. Right. And I, yeah. And I had a coach who in the middle of talking, she's like, what's the saboteurs here? Like, who is this? Yes. And that, and I did a lot of, I meditated and some reflection on it. I mean, in the moment we kind of narrowed it down, but more came up for me of what it really was. Um, and that led me to go back to meditation more. So, um, yeah, that was, I forgot where we were going with that conversation because it got really no, into the analogy. You started, yeah, you started with the, the values and that the value of creativity and the value of honoring you. Yeah. Um, and meditation does that. And, you know, one of the things when I was doing work with my coach, um, you know, I thought, well, I know what my values are. And one of them was like, I love deep connection. I love connecting with people on a deeper level. And in really getting curious about that value, I started to recognize that I was prioritizing the word deep and not the word connection. So I was trying to think, what is that question that, what's the deepest question I can ask that they'll answer? you know, and it didn't matter if it was my sister and brother-in-law or if it was my boss or my client. Like, I just want to, I just want to peek under the hood and just ask the, 
the deepest question for them to, you know, to really connect with me. And then I started to realize that that's not actually what I valued. What I valued was the connection. And what really helped me is one Thanksgiving, we were all at my sister's house. So there were five kids and like eight adults all there. Um, there was a big snowstorm in Denver. So we left early in order to get there on time, um, arrived at like midnight. Our two daughters were a mess that day. And I was, you know, thinking in my head, starting that whole, like, what are those questions that I can ask so that we have these great conversations? Cause I only have five days in person with my family. And it realized, like, I realized, wait a second, the most fun conversations I had were two. One, we talked about tequila and all the things that, that we were learning about tequila because my brother-in-law had just found this one tequila that he loved. And second was a heated debate about the number one best pie filling of Thanksgiving. And the winner is obviously a pumpkin pie. No, see, for me, it was cherry. For my brother-in-law, I think he wanted <laughs> apple. And so we just had this debate. I don't about know apple, apple. Right. Apple is delicious, right? I think we concern, you know, fruit pies are the winner, right? But that conversation, that allowed us to connect deeper than what's going on at work or what's the, the hardest thing at work? What are you tackling right now? You know, what do you want to honor at your, you know, as who you are when you're show up in, you know, in a meeting tomorrow, right? Those <laughs> questions were not actually fostering deep connection. Um, and that was a really big light bulb for me is, is really that I want people to be bold and vulnerable and I want to build a safe space for people to just build relationships. And that that's what deep connection is for me. Mm, so, I love that. Know, yeah, it's, it's not only understanding and knowing what your values are, um, but what's important about those values to you. I, uh, I, I just imagine you showing up, like not thinking about how you want to show up, but just showing up for that debate on the pie filling. I mean, I can just picture the amount of connection and energy exchanged. Um, one of my favorite coaching things we did in Coactive was when we had to have the different voices conversation in synergy. Yes. Um, not only was it my favorite uh, as a coach to have, but it was my favorite as a coachee. And it, it took me into a really fun place in my brain. And so I coached her on like dinner. Um, and so, and it, it, you know, it's funny because she, it could have taken her at the end of this class when you're tired and exhausted, some, some mind space to plan like what you're going to do for dinner, X, Y, Z. We did it in a witty and wise, silly conversation. And so the voices is like, you had to do a different voice and try to use as many different voices. Right. And so do you want to do it right now, yes, we can totally do it right now. So I suggested for dinner that she get tacos because it was taco Tuesday. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Taco Tuesday! Exactly, exactly. I mean, can you imagine if she walks in and tells her man, hey baby, let's get tacos for Tuesday. I mean, what if he goes, oh, I don't want tacos. I know, and so then I suggest that she just walks in and says, tacos! And then puts on the table what her order was and the order for the kids. Cause he's the husband. He's not going to know what the kids want. And then, 
she puts cheese on there. Oh my gosh, then she puts tomatoes on there. It is so funny. Exactly. And so I did this silly conversation on my podcast and we explored what I wanted for this podcast in a funny way. And, 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 um, and she did such a great job. Uh, at times like she was grown was I think the easiest voice for her to access. So she groaned a couple of times, but it matched kind of where I was. And the birth of what we came up with is I've, I, I've had an LLC and I've had a nonprofit and there's downsides as you know of a nonprofit. We, we have different rules and it's hard to make money. Nonprofits have had 3% of the GDP since they started tracking nonprofits GDP. Okay. They haven't gained a sliver more since the seventies. And so, but a B Corp has a board um, that's dedicated to making sure that your company is giving back. And when you hit one year, your company can start filing and looking at what that will look like. And so out of the silly conversation where I, she wasn't worried as a coach about how she was going to show up. And I wasn't thinking about, you know, do I really want to do this or what do I want? We just had, you know, a casual conversation and where it took me was exactly ready to plan season three of the podcast. And uh, that's why I launched the, this is not intended, but we're going to shamelessly plug it now. I launched the patron support for the podcast so that it's crowdfunded, that this podcast is never something I need to worry about that I want to make money on. It's just a, a platform for outstanding women leaders funded by outstanding women leaders. Take that PBS. These owls are better than you. <laughs> just kidding. We need space for both. No one's right. No one's wrong, but kind of the PBS model, right? Um, and my company will, will give back and have space for our, um, for coaching that's on a sliding scale in some places that need it. Mental health is a huge advocacy of mine. Absolutely. And it's important. And what I love about it is that you're including everything, right? Everything is on purpose. Everything is included and you get to try it on. And the beauty of, of, this exploration and this journey is that you get to try it on and you also get to take it off if you want to, right? And you get to choose what it is that gets to continue. And that's what's so fun about really living into your own journey. Yes. And rewriting your story and revising it and reinventing it as many times as you want. Um, thank you so much for taking time to join me today. I have three questions I'm going to ask you. Um, I love asking all of our guests and, um, you're incredibly empowering. Empower Lead totally makes sense. Uh, check out her website, follow her on LinkedIn. She posts some really great articles there on LinkedIn, uh, Karen Collins and an Instagram, uh, and it's empower dash lead. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we go, Karen, what is your superpower? Oh, what is my superpower? My superpower is, gosh, is empowering, is empowering others and myself to be the best version of who we are, to be the best version of ourselves. So that would, I, that's what I would say is my superpower. Mm, empowerment. I hope you join the parliament and empower some owls there. Um, what is your purpose? What is my purpose? My purpose is to live on purpose every day and to empower others to do the same. And the way that I 
choose to do that. And the purpose of it is something that I learned in our coaching training is to drink hot drinks hot and cold drinks cold and to be present for whatever I am on purpose for that day. Mm, that was a whole lot of great wisdom. It's going to make an amazing clip for Instagram. Well done. Thank you. So as you sit here in your superpower of empowerment, living on purpose, drinking your hot drink, uh, if you're here, cause it's cold here right now. Um, what's next? What's next for me? What's next is to be, um, to be a witness to those who are ready to make change, whether that's change in their career, right. And want to make it a pivot into a completely different Avenue or ready for change to be, um, more in line with who they are wherever they show up so that we're not this marionette doll that's just plopped down, right? From being work Karen, friend Karen, mom Karen. Like, I don't want to be all of those people. I want to be myself and be able to show up as that person every day. And what's next is to witness others in doing that same thing so that we can all just be one version of ourselves and be proud of who that person is. Mm. Thank you so much. You are such an incredible coach in the coaching space. I am incredibly lucky to know you. I look forward to continuing to witness you and I hope that uh, you get to witness others in the parliament. And that, I mean, everything you're talking about is exactly why Coactive is just a great choice because this is what we're doing. We're witnessing and holding space for people and helping them reinvent. So thank you so much. Uh, again, you can find her empowered-lead.com. Um, when her episode airs on my link tree, there will be a link for her website as well. Follow her on LinkedIn. You've got great content. If I have time, I, I'll, I'll try to share some of your articles because they're great. I Thank love you it. so well, much. You empower me today and every Tuesday during our pod <laughs> and a lot of days in our text. So thank you so much. Thank you, Katie. I am just honored to be an outstanding women leader. I'm officially now a part of the OWLS cohort, and that makes me so excited to just live through all of this with you and to, to witness you in the greatness that you are doing for the world, especially for women. You're the best. <laughs>